1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports.
2: On his way to the end zone! tell you what, that was a spectacular
3: play. It's time
1: to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it again! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath,
2: and Ben.
0: Welcome to the show. We've got a guest to come on and give us some fresh perspective. You've heard Heath, Dave, and Jamie talk about Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, D.K. Metcalf, Corlin Sutton, etc., Carson Wentz. Now we're going to hear from the all-in kid, Jake Sealy of The Athletic, joining us on Fantasy Football today. I'm going to make Heath tell us why he likes Mike Williams so much. We're going to argue about it. We're going to talk about full season numbers versus 11 games and you know sample sizes and all that. Looking forward Laser to that. These are stats. It, uh, <laughs> Mike Williams' stats is what they are. Uh, but w- welcome, Jake Sealy. What's up, buddy?
4: Ah, I appreciate the invite. It's been too long. I, I almost said the song again that we were joking about before we came on the show. Yeah, but... It's been, it's
2: been a while. A while. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, Dave. Who sang it has Been a While"? I I've heard that song a hundred times on the radio. I don't Won't think I know it. who. Okay, I'll give you, we'll give you three
0: choices. Is it A. Puddle of Mud, B. Creed,
4: C. Stained?
2: I was gonna say Creed, so let's go with Creed.
4: Oh, why does everybody there- sit? Everybody says Creed, Adam. Everybody thinks it's Creed. Come
0: on, it's stained. With no E-S-T-A-I-N-D, stained, Dave. Ah, oh, come on. Anyway, uh, we'll talk fantasy football today and talk about the biggest winners and losers of the week. And also, look ahead to free agency, uh, favorite destinations. Jake's going to give us his favorite destinations for some free agent running backs and things like that. And we have some news and notes to get to as well. Jake, who is your biggest winner of the NFL offseason so far. So we're talking about, you know, Amari Cooper left, maybe it's CeeDee Lamb. Obviously, the Russell Wilson trade, maybe it's Sutton or Judy, whoever. Uh, Maybe it's McLaurin, whatever you think. Who's the biggest winner right now thus far?
4: Uh, So the the overarching is the Broncos as a whole. I mean, obviously, I think everybody, most everybody would agree with that. I think we could say arrow pointing up for Sutton, for Judy, for Okwubunam, or Okwabunam, however the hell you say his last name. Albert O, everybody. Did I get it right at the oh, second oh, time? Okwebunam. Okwebunam. I don't think the ok, ooh is It's only four syllables. Yeah, so there you go. I think. I, I will five. say this. He, he's, not, he's not my pick because I think he's already being overrated. By the way, I know this isn't a Dynasty show, but if anybody's out there in Dynasty, sell high right now because what's the target share going to be for him? Like, what, 10 11%? So let's chill out. Yes, it's exciting. Yes, he can be at the back end maybe of a tight end one. But I think the real potential winner here, if we're going off last season, it would be Cortland Sutton for bouncing back of what we expect Cortland Sutton to be. But if you look at profiles and you're saying, where's that connection, that similarity for what worked with Russell Wilson and his style of play? I think Judy gets the bigger edge win-wise. I think you can see both of them in the same range as in mid-teens, maybe low-20s, wide receivers, like, say, so 15 to 20, 22. And they have similar numbers. But if you're looking for the one that becomes the new Tyler Lock, it was that connection that you had with Russell Wilson, I would lean Judy. I think both are huge winners. But I would lean Judy, especially for the talent right there. And I think Sutton's going to f- primarily similarly have a profile kind of like DK Metcalf. So they both win. And for everybody out there, I would not say Albert O, despite his arrow going up. All right, so
0: just expand a little bit on that. Why do you think it's Judy? Because he's in the slot, like Lockett. Like,
4: what, what is it about the profile that makes you think he's more of a winner? That that's part of it. Uh, I do think is the style of play. That the slot is, is greater. Sutton spends some time in the slot, but so does a lot of wide receivers at this day and age. You know, everybody's rotating through their line there and seeing different profile, like. Basically, the NFL is copycat and everybody's like, oh, hey, you know, let's not use one guy one way all the time and kind of get in that route. But it comes down to the skill of Judy coming out of college, period, is that, you know, Sutton is a great receiver, but Sutton does have limitations of what he can do. I think if we look at Judy coming out of college, what we thought he could be and the excitement behind Judy, it was that he can do more. He can run more crisper routes uh at this point russell wilson still attacks downfield which i was surprised to see did you know he led all quarterbacks last year in air yards per attempt i was shocked by that for russell wilson i would have never guessed he would be number one i would have guessed with that mallet finger he was going to check in at like 10 or 12 so i think if you look at that that's where you still see the appeal of Cortland sutton but i look for the separation really and Cortland sutton as good as he is jerry judy is always always the much better separator than, than uh, Sutton is.
2: Mm.
4: Yeah. Was, uh, the way he played, it was more like Ryan Mallet finger.
0: So do you guys, thank you. Thank you, Jake. See, see, if you're not, if you're not like conditioned to hearing these terrible jokes all the time, you know, you might laugh. So uh, ha- now that you've had some time to think about it, Heath, Dave, have you changed your mind at all? Or where, where are you guys on Judy versus Sutton? Dave? Oh, Heath. Heath, Heath, uh, Heath go ahead. Go ahead, Wait, you
3: Heath, because I'm Dave. Think I'm sa- yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Well, I have got there's lots of things I need to clarify here and from the last couple of minutes of, of Jake. First off, he's laughing because he's a guest and it's polite, not because he hasn't heard these jokes in the past. Everyone's heard terrible jokes. It was, was genuinely. It was he's genuine. I,
4: I love dad jokes. I'm just gonna yeah. say.
3: I, I okay. That's very nice of you to say. And yes, he will have you on again in the future. <laughs> um I I think it depends on how you want to look at the biggest winner. I I agree Albert O is being overvalued. I had Albert O as the biggest winner because where was he before this trade? Where is he this trade? His value has changed as much, even if it hasn't changed as much as the public perception suggests it has. The big problem for me with Judy and Sutton, and this is like wet blanket, I know, it's Tim Patrick. He's, for some reason gets a very similar target share to Sutton and Judy and for some reason outperforms them. I mean, this part makes more sense probably. The defenses are paying more attention to Sutton and Judy. So I really think like we're probably not going to know until we find out who's having breakfast with Russell Wilson in training camp and then we'll know who the favorite guy is going to be. I agree with Jake that Judy 100% has the most upside. This is kind of a... um, a Jobu year for him in terms of dynasty. Like, we're just going to leave him as a top 20 dynasty-wide receiver because of his pedigree and hope that he he pays off on it. Um, and if he doesn't, he's going to fall like a crater. But I, I think Judy has the most upside. Sutton's right there with him. And Tim Patrick could unfortunately be the party pooper.
2: And now I'm here to tell you that everything can potentially change because what has happened in the past in Denver, particularly with these receivers, is in an offense that is vanilla with quarterbacks that are meh. So now we're getting a quarterback that likes to let it rip. You heard Jake say that he led the league in air yards per attempt. He's been top 10 in deep pass attempt rate each of the past three seasons. He likes to let it rip. He's looking downfield. He also doesn't really like to hit that intermediate area. We're talking 10 to 19 yards in the air. So about half of his passes last year We're real short. Nine yards or closer. You see that with every quarterback in the league. But a lot of quarterbacks like to attack that middle of the field, this middle area, 10 to 19 yards. He not only didn't do it last year, he's been in the 50th percentile or lower, and in one case, dead last over the last three seasons. So that's an area that I think has been like Jerry Judy territory since Judy's come into the league, Judy's a slot receiver. He runs a lot of routes in that area. How often did we see Jerry Judy in the pros go deep downfield? Now, I mentioned it in the pros. We didn't see it that much. I don't have that right in front of me. I think we didn't play it as much.
0: I, I, I think so. Judy last year, 20
2: plus yards downfield.
0: Well, I don't know that for, for, but his a dot, his a dot as a rookie was, was fairly high. Uh, I'll just say this about Judy real quick. I'll let you finish Dave, but, uh, all right. Tyler Lockett played 37% of, the, of his slots in the snap. In, his snaps Snapped in the slot, the slot. last year. 30, Judy was at 75%, right around there. So he was almost exclusively right. a slot receiver. But if you go back to his rookie year, he started out as basically a slot receiver. And then the last 8 to 10 weeks, he was almost exclusively out wide. And you know, the ADOT was higher, and the production was up and down. Uh, but we also have a new coaching staff. So I think like you said, we just don't, exactly. we just don't know... Where we'll be, but he is at least shown that he can bounce around. Cortland Sutton is is Jake said he does play in the slot sometimes and he does, but he is very, very much outside almost all the time. Tim Patrick kinda like of, I think it was about eighteen percent in the slot. So it makes sense for Judy to be in the slot, but he has shown that he can play both in and out.
2: Agreed. And, to, and he did d- d- it in college. D- d- he point. definitely went deep a lot in college too.
4: I, I pulled it up for you, Dave, while we were talking. Uh, percentage of plays receptions that went twenty plus yards. Lockett was thirty percent last year. Metcalf was fifteen, and then Patrick led the the, the Broncos at 18.4 yeah. for Judy and fifteen point five for Sutton.
2: Okay, that's interesting. And what 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 I think is really going to be important is how the new coaching staff and this is going to be an aggressive offense. They're going to be totally fine with Russell Wilson throwing the football. Where, where they are going to put Judy. How do they view Jerry Judy? Is Jerry Judy close to Tyler Lockett? I know it sounds silly because we've watched Tyler Lockett just break people's ankles, get wide open 30 yards downfield, and he catches those bombs. I've watched enough of Jerry Judy, and this is after his high ankle sprain last year to tell you that he can do those things, maybe not quite as fast as Tyler Lockett, but still fast enough to break away from your average defensive back. I think he could end up being that guy. And the fact, Adam, that you told me that he's played outside uh, quite a bit his rookie year, maybe the coaches will see him that way. They'll put him outside a lot more often than the prior coaching staff Sutton didn't play. And that opens him up. Sutton didn't play. I have to point that out. Sutton was out there. And so that's probably part of the reason. But if he was successful in that role, then I I think he'll at least get that opportunity. Now, maybe Nathaniel Hackett's already said, yeah, we love Jerry Judy in the slot. And I've missed that. I don't know. But if they keep Judy in the slot, I think that hurts him a little bit. I think that limits him a little bit. Yeah. And I think that opens the door for Sutton and Patrick to get a wider amount of the target share in this offense. If they move Judy all around and all over the place, I think he's going to be the best receiver there. And so I'm I'm willing to rank him slightly ahead of Sutton and both of them, uh, maybe like a round to three rounds ahead of Patrick. But I've already fallen in love a with the round to three of rounds? Ahead yeah, of Patrick, but I'm thinking, like I, I don't know if I'm rounds. gonna get Patrick at that point, but I'm oh, already in love with Patrick the idea. Sure. Patrick, yes. no, and they're I, gonna be you're way gonna ahead guys. of Patrick. Two well, things. What, 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 he will come back to you in a half are, hour. What, what round are you guys, <laughs> guys thinking about drafting Judy and Sutton in? Go ahead. Like if it, four, if,
4: it, if it was today, off the excitement, if it was today, it would probably be that I wouldn't, but I would
3: assume it's probably like third round at this point. Judy, I was gonna say,
0: four for Judy,
3: five for Sutton. That's yeah. The two things fr- from now from this point forward, the Broncos head coach on this podcast will be known as Nitton Fanal Thackett. And um right. the other thing, I I don't think we should compare anyone to Tyler Lockett. As such a huge percentage of the big plays that Tyler Lockett made was after the play was already over for any other quarterback. Russell Wilson's spinning out of something and Tyler Lockett's running to the spot and he's throwing it to him. Yeah. And that was the reason that he, I I felt like he would become close to DK's production. I, I would guess if you look at like the number of yards gained within the play, DK had a much larger share of his than Lockett. And I, I don't sure. want to suppose that Judy's going to be the guy or anybody really in this first year with Wilson is going to be the guy that has a good feel for how to
2: do that and where to go. Mm-hmm. I will say we don't know that it, it, it could it could very certainly be any one of these receivers go to Jake gets that go to Jake go to Jake go ahead okay, uh, go I go was ahead.
4: gonna say two things I was actually so Heath not to like immediately come back but I was surprised because I would assume the same thing DK Metcalf mm-hmm. actually had a higher yards after
3: the catch than Tyler Lockett did last year. oh I believe no I, I'm sorry I meant when plays had broken down and Tyler Lockett just ran to some open okay, part okay. of the okay. field 30 sure. yards Sure. no I believe but, that okay yeah. so
4: so I could see and the the whole reason I drew the comparison is you're not wrong in saying that like we don't Dave, Dave just said it like we don't know this could go any different direction. We're making assumptions on what we think Russell Wilson the fit is with these wide receivers. You know what happens if he does eat lunch with Tim Patrick every single day and all of a sudden <laughs> it's his new Cooper Cup just as we saw with Stafford. We probably don't think that's going to happen, but I wanted to come back to something you said earlier and the one area I do agree with you Heath and why I'm down on Albert O is I think that the third option for Russ In Seattle was essentially usually the tight end, although it usually was different tight ends. Tim Patrick is worlds ahead of any third wide receiver he's had to this point. And I actually do expect this to have more three wide receiver value than two wide receivers and a tight end. And that's why the other reason I'm down on Albert. So I agree with you that Patrick is probably the value right now for where people are just kind of forgetting him because they're excited for Albert and
2: excited for Sutton and Judy potentially being DK and Lockett. What's easier for this Broncos coaching staff to change? How they utilize their receivers or Russell Wilson's tendencies? There you go. How you I don't. Do th- I receivers? don't. I, I. think. I don't think they want to change Russell Wilson's tendencies. Right. right. I agree you know. You. you know he's going to be a Houdini in the pocket. You know he's going to be pressured. It would have been a sack for Eli Manning. It would have been a sack and a fumble for Daniel Jones. <laughs> and but for Russell Wilson, he's <laughs> out of there and he's making a play, an impromptu play downfield. But, and, and if I, and want I think that freelancing, that's the kind of thing that'll help all the receivers. What's that? that? That's
3: yeah. true. It,
2: I was going to say also, the
4: freelancer should be Judy, and that's yes. why I'm. With yes,
2: you I think. But I think I think all three receivers could ultimately benefit from it. But I feel right. like if Judy, especially if he's moved around, could be the one that benefits the most because I think he's got the most juice. I think he's the one that can separate the most, and I think the coaching staff can recognize that and move you use him differently than what Pat Shermer did. Uh, over the past couple of years in Denver. So there there is some significant Jerry-Judy breakout potential. I I was crazy for him last year. I'm going to try my best, I promise, <laughs> to not be as crazy about him this year. I've already kind of you know shriveled my nose at the idea of taking him in round three, but I can't no. say I'm going to shrivel my nose if it's late round four and he's there. Can't say I can no, do that. No, you shouldn't be looking. Lo- and this see. is the last thing, promise, last okay. thing. I love the idea of drafting promise? Patrick and one of these other Broncos receivers. Thanks for joining us, Jig. Oh. <laughs> Come on now.
0: No, look, that, you should be excited about these guys, right? We just saw what, what Matthew Stafford did for Cooper Cup. You want to go back to the Broncos? We saw what Peyton Manning did for Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas' first year with Peyton Manning was, I think, his third the, the uh, third year of his career, just like Jerry Judy. And he went from 551 yards to 1,434 yards and 10 touchdowns the following year. I just want to make sure I'm right. Yeah, 2012. So, um it could could really make a big difference. So Heath, is that where you're settled on right now? Judy round four, Sutton round five?
3: No, no. I don't think... Um, I actually still have Sutton ahead of Judy right now, but I would probably take them both in round five. And I, I don't... It's hard to say when you take Patrick because we need to get updated ADP. I, I'm going to have Patrick ranked ahead of his ADP, but you don't want to take him where you have him ranked if ADP is two or three rounds later. Um, I'm assuming that Patrick's still going to be available in the round 9 or 10 range. But I could be wrong. Yeah. And and also
0: trying to make the you know if people want to be down on Tim Patrick they're going to say well there's never been three good options in the passing game for the Seattle but I'm hoping that Denver does what we all wanted Seattle to do and just let him cook, whatever. Throw. Just throw. <laughs> uh, what did I say? In the last seven years, I think they've never been higher than 16th or 17th in pass attempts per game, Seattle. So let, just let him... Th- th- that stat might be a little bit wrong. But I might have gotten the numbers a little mixed up. But you know, get the drift. Why, let's have Denver be 8th in pass attempts this year. Why not? And he then you could have just a huge breakout for, uh, for, Sut- for Sutton and Judy and then, you know, streamable hey. for Patrick.
2: One last thing. Has anybody done any research on Russ throwing to the running back? Because I have not even started that. I'm too engulfed in the receivers. Percentage wise or just in general? And give me anything that will make me feel better or worse about Javante.
3: There's not any history of Russ throwing right. running backs that will make you feel better. Uh, Car- Carson yeah, a couple it's years pro- ago.
2: probably worse. He was uh, uh, near the bottom
4: throwing to running back. I mean, again, last last year when you could argue he didn't really have much, but Chris Carson was out for most of the year, and the Rashad Penny wasn't a thing till late in the year for about four weeks. But I think his entire history for uh, Russ Wilson, he's, I think he's very rarely hit, even 20%. He's usually in the teens. Sure. Thirty seven catches in twelve games for Chris Carson
0: in twenty twenty. That might be the might be that's the best. There. Yeah, that's pretty okay. good. But thirty seven catches in fifteen games for Carson the year before that. But but still, I mean right. look, you had so three running
2: backs. That only changes if Hackett insists on it. Which he might. Which he might. Or they throw more. Could always that could help everybody. All right, well,
0: that was a good discussion for Jake's biggest winner of the NFL offseason. Uh, <laughs> next week, we'll be breaking down the free agency moves on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. And we also have March Madness coming up, and we've got a big Hurricanes game in a few hours, Dave. So, hell let's yeah, get ready for that. And we want you to compete against us in our bracket challenge. We want thousands and thousands of entries. The winner is in the podcast league. So you go, you're going to go to cbsportscom slash FFT brackets. Is that really is that live right now? I have to check because I haven't created the contest. Maybe Schrager did. But we're going to have um,
3: – It's live. Oh, sweet. Yeah.
0: Awesome. All right, right slash FFT brackets. You should probably that. not
3: make your picks yet, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Join that, and, uh, and if you win, you're in the podcast league. It's that simple, and it'll be a lot of fun. It's free, and CBS is awesome, so play on there. All right, let's do a who would you rather have? Here we go. Guest of Honor gets
4: to go first. Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? Jake? I will take Aaron Rodgers by a hair. Uh, I do think Russ can bounce back to that range of where Rodgers is, but my biggest concern about Russell Wilson is that he just doesn't want to run anymore and last year's numbers were the worst of his career rushing-wise, and it was his least fancy points per game since 2016, which was a very similar season. Uh, I think he does perform better, especially if you take away the mallet finger and with the talent he now has, but unless he's getting back to 300-ish, 400 yards, maybe, but a few touchdowns, I mean, he's now lockstep with Rodgers in the rushing department. I I don't know that's really going to change, I think, at this point of his career. That's a good point. Okay, everybody else on Rodgers over Wilson? I am. Yeah, maybe by just three hairs instead of one, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Simpson hairs. Uh, Homer Simpson hairs. All right, let's talk about Mike Williams. I,
0: I didn't know who to compare him to that was relevant in free agency. So are you ranking Mike Williams ahead of any of the main four Denver or Seattle wide receivers? I'll actually let Heath go first here. Heath, is Mike Williams ahead of either Sutton, Judy, Lockett, or Metcalf right now?
3: I am the Mike Williams guy apparently now, and I'm going to stat your Azerstats <laughs> because you basically said he had five good games last year. I didn't say that. Um, I did not say that. <laughs> I've got him ahead of all of the Broncos and ahead of Lockett and behind DK. Um, but if they go into the season with True Lock as their quarterback, he will be ahead of – I just don't think they're going to do that. He will be ahead of all the Seahawks and the Broncos. Um, I don't really – like. there was his best – five games or four games were at the beginning of the year, but weeks one through nine, the first half of the season, Mike Evans was wide receiver 15 in PPR fantasy points per game. The second half, Uh, week 10 through 18, Mike Mike Williams. Yes, he was wide receiver 18. The final six weeks of the season, week 13 through 18, he was wide receiver 20. Like I, I don't see this major difference. I don't think he fell off a cliff and turned back into the guy. He was, in past years and they just gave him forty million dollars guaranteed and twenty million a year to play with Justin Herbert in what's going to be a very high volume pass offense as the number two option or one B option. I just don't see any way he's not getting 125, 130 targets again from Justin Mm -hmm. Herbert. And that makes him a a number two wide receiver.
0: Jake, same question to you. Do you have him ranked ahead of any Broncos or Seahawks right now? Mike Williams
4: Uh, Apparently I'm going to steal Heath's thunder because I don't care who's at quarterback for Seattle because the options are what I think is going to be potentially Malik Willis or a rookie quarterback over Locke. And in that case, I'm Mike Williams over everybody because... I go back to the game log on top of it. Look at Mike Williams and DK Metcalf's game logs. They're very similar. It's a roller coaster. Like, I want both of them as my wide receiver, too, because I'll get 20 points as much as I'll likely get four or five. That's just who they are. But if you're going to rank these on what we're going into, as he just said, Justin Herbert next year with Mike Williams, clear number two. DK with rookie slash locket or lock. And then the same thing for locket. Locket might not even be on that team. And then what we just talked about ad nauseum about the Broncos wide receiver, receivers is I, I'm going to take Mike Williams over okay. the entire crew, all of them.
2: Ooh, okay, Dave, I don't have him over the entire crew, but I've never been a huge Michael Williams fan to begin with. I don't like the lack of consistency. We saw it at the beginning of last year. Heath touched on it when he was just on fire to begin 2021, but after that, he really fell off. Um, there, there was definitely a period there where Herbert also did not do well. Uh, after the first five weeks of the season, he had four games with 15 plus PPR. One of them was his biggest one, was in week 18. So yeah. I'm just I'm I'm nervous about the mistakes that he makes. Obviously, the Chargers don't care. They brought him back. If you told me that he had 120 targets in 17 games, I would tell you, yeah, it's probably right on. He should be drafted as a number two receiver. But for now, I'm I'm going to lag on him and um, could change my mind. Probably depends on what ends up shaking out with the Seattle guys.
3: Which of the wide receivers that we're talking about, the Seattle guys and the Broncos guys, have been or do you think will be more
2: consistent than Mike Williams? I think there's a chance. Mm. I think there's a chance for DK to get there, even with the downgraded quarterback. I think there's a chance for Judy and Sutton to get there with Russell Wilson, but they
3: haven't been like my BK. No, well, but it's a whole Wait new a world second for them. This is it's crazy. a good and that's this the other is thing. crazy. Like,
0: Wait a second. This is this is bothers me because yesterday when I, you were comparing Logan Thomas to Albert O. Your argument against Logan Thomas was that he only had one good season. And Albert O had 33 catches last year or whatever, which was more than any other two seasons in Logan Thomas's career. But you completely mm-hmm. ignored the fact that he had a top five season. Uh, and he's a, he's a converted player who you know wasn't like a full time tight end anyway. But you know, Mike he's, Williams, you want to totally talk about you're talking about his consistency. We're talking about his consistency. You're talking about one year of Mike Williams. So like He no, was awful. that's not true at all. No,
3: it is true because he was awful no, in 2020. No, with Thomas, we were talking about a guy who never had more than 22 catches in a season besides ne- the one and, good year. And Mike, Mike Williams, Williams has a 1,000-yard year had more and than a 10-touchdown year.
0: He never had 50 catches in, in a season before last year. And after week five, he was the number 40 wide receiver in fantasy rest of the season. And what happened? His A dot went way up. First three weeks, he was running shorter routes and catching more oh. passes. After that, he went back to being... The number 40 wide receiver. Now, he's better than that. I'm not going to say he's 40. So, the
3: fact that you're – like, I don't understand why you would hold value in this after week five. Because his ADOT changed. Because he showed us who he really is. When he was a number two wide receiver after week 10, a number two wide receiver after week 13. Per game or total? Per game per Game, so he had a really because terrible stretch yeah. weeks six through 10. Yeah, he was one of the best wide receivers in football weeks one through
0: five. If I took out Marvin Jones, if
3: I took out Marvin
4: Jones, ter- If I, if where, I, does, if I took where, does out where does Mike, Mike Williams rank if you take weeks five, nine, 11, 13, <laughs> and subtract eight? Where does he end up? <laughs> Look,
0: <laughs> just, I'm, I'm,
4: I'm, no, 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 I, I, because, I, I because you're both up valid points, his profile, and he and he became the player that he was before. You're not wrong there. Uh, I think everybody like the, the – we're having this debate because it's an open conversation right now. I will say the one way I could change on this to come back to something Dave was saying about D.K. Metcalf, I would say if Lockett gets traded and it's Metcalf blank, even if oh, it wow. is Willis, that then Metcalf is – the top because we're probably walking towards that's the number i was gonna throw out wow there you go, Dave. <laughs> i was gonna say 140 plus targets uh and that that would put metcalf if things stay the same and i love to be clear i love malik willis I, I was watched all the liberty games down here in virginia so i am a malik willis stan from day like don't come at me like you did not watch the entire season and start like february oh malik will shut the hell up you weren't there in, <laughs> in november um but I'm saying it's like, he's still the raw throws. I could see 55% completion, that type of thing. But I'm okay yeah. with it if it's Metcalf and blank. If it's Metcalf and Lockett, I'm still going to have hesitancy, and I would still probably take Williams very close.
0: I think that it sounds like I hate Mike Williams, and I don't. I'm really just trying to have a debate here. But I don't think that we can say Mike Williams is a consistent performer, mm-hmm. and I think if he continues to I don't to, think no any of them are consistent. Okay, okay, good. No,
3: the, but, but That was my point. It wasn't that Mike Williams is consistent. We're comparing five either previously bad or or inconsistent wide receivers
0: what is the difference though because i know jamie jamie's not on the show but he liked mike williams as a late round pick we all did but the comparison he made was devontae parker was going into the last year of his deal he had a big season Corey davis was going into the last year of his rookie deal he had a big season mike williams going in the last year of his rookie deal how i don't feel super confident that mike williams isn't going to turn back into what he was before become you know, have a Devonte Parker-like season. Corey Davis is a little bit different because he changed teams. But I just don't want to pay up for this outlier season when he just made so many mistakes. I, the and con, it, the contracts is, I think, the mm. biggest boosted and value it's not for him. Just- but it's it, not just an outlier
2: season; it's an outlier first five weeks of the season. Yeah, right. Compare everything after week five to uh. his entire career beforehand, and yeah, he does have a thousand-yard season under his belt and a ten-touchdown season under his belt. And he can wipe his brow it's all true. he wants. He was never a <laughs> consistent fantasy performer, which makes those years all there the more There are no baffling. consistent fantasy performers we're talking about in this segment. It you're kind of Metcalf, on that. Metcalf, because could you be. look at Met. No, Metcalf had he's had back-to-back years. Where He starts off amazing, and then he turns into dog poo. And then with Tyler Lockett, he's been the poster child for inconsistency for the last four years. Judy certainly hasn't been there. Sutton hasn't been there. So, Heath, you're absolutely right on that. These are all guys that are fairly inconsistent. I just don't know if I can gravitate toward Mike Williams outside of saying he's in the right offense, he's got a great quarterback, he's in line for 120 targets, but we can say those same things for the top two Broncos guys. And mm-hmm. we'll see what we say about Lockett and Metcalf.
0: Okay, cool. All right, who would you rather have? <laughs> I do feel you know. Sometimes I try to bring up an opposing viewpoint, and then I end up really arguing for it, and it sounds like that's how I feel. I don't hate Mike Williams. I'm just a little worried that he's gonna, you know, t- go Devontae Parker okay. on us. Last
2: but, thing, right. what round? What round? What round on Mike Williams today? So I, I would
0: take I would take Judy and I would take Judy over him. I'd probably Same. go round five or six on Mike Williams. I'll say
3: six. I'll say, I'll say five, six. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say four or five, but okay. like, good grief. Tell me Mike Williams has only had five. one good season, and then he's had, I definitely he, take Judy over him.
0: He's had, he had 10 touchdowns. Yes, that was great. He had 1,000 yards. That was great. He didn't really put it together. He's had,
3: one, he's had three seasons better than Jerry Judy.
0: That is true, but th- that's not how I evaluate players, especially Jerry Judy, who has had terrible quarterback play for each of his two seasons. It got hurt last year, and uh, now he has Russell Wilson, and, you know, uh, look, I could be wrong, sure, but that, that whole thing is better than Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy hasn't had his career yet. His career starts now.
2: Okay? Come on. <laughs> Fair. Uh, I don't
0: that's
3: know. How, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, that's how, we're all, that's how we're all going to draft him and everything. That's absolutely correct.
0: Well, that is, no, that is how we're going to draft him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> would you rather have Terry McLaurin or your favorite—or or Mike Williams— for, uh, for Heath and Jake. <laughs> um, Terry McLaurin and no, no. Mike Williams.
4: That, that's ter- Terry's easy over Mike Williams, but I would right now still lean, even as I just said, even with Lockett, I would still take DK Metcalf because Terry McLaurin for me is look, we all love Terry McLaurin. We love the talent. We love what he, but look at his past two years, 100 plus, 30, 130 plus targets both of the seasons. Wentz upgrade question mark really like I, I know Wentz is better like but you look at the numbers if I gave you a blank A versus B of Heineke versus Wentz last year you wouldn't be able to guess who's who they're that close that's how it is the, only, the biggest difference is Wentz has the touchdown interception ratio but there's actually been more aggressiveness downfield from Heineke and they'll both be the types that you know when they get in the end zone just throw it and potentially get an interception versus like Garoppolo throwing it into the ground instead but the point being is I don't really That – I'm saying all this to say is I don't really think Terry McLaurin's arrow is pointing up. I think he's the same. Like, yeah, he might be a little bit more efficient, but are we really going to say all of a sudden he's going to score eight touchdowns? I don't think that's who McLaurin is. Like, I just don't see where this quarterback change moves McLaurin way up the charts. A few spots, sure, but i still take DK, and I'd have a long thought about – you know what? I'll say this because Dave loves to say what round – I'll let you take Terry McLaurin and wait two rounds to take Mike Williams. Okay. I, I don't know though
0: we have to go any further than that, or are we good? That was a pretty good answer. I, yeah, I like McLaurin
2: over all of them. I also like McLaurin over all of them. I'll say round four. I feel okay with McLaurin. and the arrow isn't pointing up, but it's not flat. I think I think it's it's like at that little like maybe like oh, a forty degree <laughs> acute. The angle. treadmill's on a three degree incline. Yeah, that that's how <laughs> when, when I used to go on a treadmill, that would be the <laughs> incline for me. Point there three. There you go. Uh, let's Did little, you say point three or three.
0: This is a weird one here. Uh, Michael Gallup or Devonte Smith? Who would you rather have Michael Gallup or Devonte Smith right now? Oh, I mean. Smith.
2: Smith. I'm gonna take a receiver coming off an ACL might not even play the first half of the year I think my chance I
0: I assume he will but that you know
3: but I don't know that I'll take Smith but I think he's behind like six of the wide receivers we've talked about so
2: far Uh (laughs) uh-huh that's
0: certainly fair I
3: I don't know how people
0: feel about Michael Gallup
3: but
4: if he's the number two wide receiver you know
2: that's great he'll be awesome around
4: Halloween yeah so I was gonna say I think Dave brings up the interesting point though he's the number two but what kind of number two? Like, is this, uh, we, as you just said, do we not see Michael, the real Michael Gallup until week eight? Do we not see the real Michael Gallup until 2023? Like, that's, we don't know yeah. for sure.
2: You know who the number two receiver is going to be in Dallas this year? Cedric Wilson. <laughs> Dalton Schultz. Well, there you go.
0: Did you know Hunter Henry had more targets than Mike Williams two years ago? <laughs> you better hope they don't upgrade that receiving core. It's all they upset. just
3: gave him
2: $40 million hey, guarantee. Bad
0: contracts happen. And you know what they said the time, about him?
2: They were like, the we love him as a deep ball receiver.
4: Oh, is that what they said? Yeah. Uh, that's all they
2: talked about. That was the first thing they hey, said. I
4: was disappointed for my Josh Palmer shares when they reassigned him. I mean, just to I, me
2: too.
0: Me too. He is definitely going to finish as a number two receiver in an incredibly frustrating way. And Heath and I are going to have the same exact argument I, I, I a year from now. I just want
3: to clarify, and, and that's like people can go ahead and wipe out half of the good wide receivers if they want to care about consistency that much. Um, uh-huh. like the ah. idea of half of the top 24 wide receivers are inconsistent, um, whatever that means. And I just don't care.
0: Yeah, I know. That's so that's sorry. fine. No, that's. I think it's probably uh, in a lot of cases going to be a smart thing. I think there are different levels of that. Uh, you know, to me, Marvin Jones is always the poster child for this, where he just wasn't as useful yeah. as his fantasy production. But because right. you because you weren't drafting him to be a starter and you weren't starting him, I think Mike Williams will be drafted as a starter and and will be started. And it's easier to to deal with the lumps in three receiver leagues. I, I'd say because uh, you just have to start those guys most of the time. So. Is that fair? fair.
3: I, I think there was a good point that maybe if you're finishing as a wide receiver thirty at the end of the year and you're that inconsistent, that there's some fool's gold. But if you're finishing as a top twenty wide receiver and you're inconsistent, all that means is you won me four or five weeks.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. All I've done for the last ten minutes is started looking at wide receivers that are free agents in twenty twenty three to find <laughs> the next to find the next Mike Williams, Devontae Parker, Corey Davis.
4: I will say that as you were saying that, thinking of other names, you know, Mike Williams isn't too dissimilar from like Darnell Mooney, honestly, as we're talking about it more from that up and
2: down throughout the year. You know who's in a contract year coming up?
4: Darnell Darnell Mooney?
2: Mooney? (laughs) Terry McLaurin. Oh.
4: Hey, we'll say this. For everybody out there, I'm not poo-pooing on Dave with this real quick, but I did an article about five years ago now on contract year myth. And I used, you had to play at well, least five percent of the steps. No, I just, for everybody out there, I know that's not what you're saying. I, I wanted to clarify that, to say that, is it was legitimately a third of the players improved, a third of the players <laughs> decreased, and yeah, a third of the players the held the same. And the, the held the same was within 5% either direction of their production. So it legitimately means nothing. Okay, uh, we. I was going to do free
0: agency, but I think uh, I've, I've enjoyed this. It's this, uh, this been a fun <laughs> conversation, <welcome>. fun
4: debate. <laughs> any, uh, wh- any weekend plans, Jake? <laughs> uh, no, uh, yeah, I'm actually going to Raleigh to see the Carolina Hurricanes, so there you go. Random. Oh, cool. I know. And I think yeah, I, mi-
0: nice. I might be going to Brooklyn to see the Miami Hurricanes if, if they play tomorrow night. <laughs> so
2: that'll be... <laughs> they have to win today. And I wish they? I was going to New to Orleans today. to yeah. drink Pat O'Brien Hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Keith, okay. are you going to go try and watch Hurricanes? Like, I don't know. Are you going yeah, to hey, conversation you know, on the beach.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I was trying to think. I, I think I'm probably going to be coaching a couple of youth basketball games with a bunch of kids that are not my son. Um, but I don't think we're playing any there's a lot of Hurricane teams down here playing youth basketball. I don't think we're playing any of them this weekend.
0: How are you at Monopoly, Jake? This came up on our last show. Hmm.
4: Uh, I, everybody always says they rarely lose but I, I rarely lose because I, I am the go for the corner orange and red and I am a manipulated trader just like I am in fantasy so yeah, yeah. I don't be, know be, be forewarned I don't know what any of that means so I'm just going to
0: say that Jake is going to Monopoly if we ever play together Jake Seely, thank you very much for coming on follow him at all in kid and tell us about you know other podcasts articles and all those things
4: Yeah, or The Athletic, uh, the free agency, as you guys are doing. I have that next week. And my podcast, All in Football, which you can watch on YouTube and FTN, uh, doing the same thing as you guys. Different days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for next week, but going to be talking free agency as much as everybody else is next week. So busy week, but a lot of fun for us.
0: And we hope to have you on again soon. Thanks very much for coming on. Thanks, Adam. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. No, just me. We'll take a quick break (laughs) and we'll come right back on fantasy football today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived, thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul. The designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster. Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: We are back. Heath, we good? I'm good. What do you mean? Okay, no, no, I just, you know, just kind of felt like you were mad at me.
2: I was never mad How at anyone. How is that anyone. different from any other episode that the two of you have I been have on never been mad movie. at
3: anyone on this show today. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and in the history of, like, actually legitimately mad over something that happened on a podcast, you have been more mad than anyone else. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. That's... You, like, actually legitimately get mad. I remember my first year, I think before I'd ever done a football podcast, after a baseball podcast— I had gotten you so frazzled that you yelled at me for like two or three minutes after the podcast saying this can't happen in multiple obscenities. And Al Melchior was sitting there next to me, and he said, you finally got done. You're out of breath. And Al said, Adam, I don't know that he did anything different than he normally does. (laughs) What did you do? (laughs) I I just pushed your buttons in an argument to the point to where – I think you said it seemed like I was trying to make you look stupid or something, which oh. I can't imagine I would do that. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that was what? Hell, how many years ago was that? Seven. Yeah. This is um, today is what? Could have been three weeks. March 10th, so five days from now will be uh <laughs> my seventh year anniversary at CBS. So Oh
0: all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've grown up a lot since then. He so I apologize. I'm sorry. I hope about I have that. too. Our, our podcast has certainly grown up a lot. All right, news and notes. Green Bay franchise, Devontae Adams. Seattle's releasing linebacker Bobby Wagner. Tampa Bay, uh, this is actually something worth talking about here. Tampa Bay unlikely to re-sign either Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette, according to The Athletic. I don't know if this is a huge surprise, but, you know, uh, Dave, give me a quick reaction to that. Going to be a new running back in Tampa Bay this year.
2: Hopefully. Totally not surprised by Ronald Jones being jettisoned, little surprised by Leonard Fournette, and I think it's really bad for Leonard Fournette's fantasy value. You think about where he was in 2021, cushy situation, three down back, getting handoffs and passes from Tom Brady, fantasy stud. Now Brady's gone. Now Fournette could be gone. Fournette could end up in a timeshare somewhere else. Definitely starting to look like one of the running backs that I will avoid on draft day.
0: Heath, the Panthers appear open to trading Christian McCaffrey. It's going to take a haul. But what does this do to McCaffrey's
3: dynasty value? I don't think anybody's going to give a large sum of draft picks for a running back that's expensive. I think 90% of the league has recognized from the failures of others that you should not give those big contracts to running backs. Um, so I'm not, it's not impacting my opinion of Christian McCaffrey. Anybody who would give that type of contract, that type of load to take on that contract would presumably plan on giving him 400 touches per season, because otherwise, why would you?
2: Mm-hmm. The it's giant, the dumbest thing in the world. The, the trading uh, for him, it, you, you can't give up that much for him. But Dave Gettleman wishes he was on a team just so he could give up a first round pick <laughs> to get Christian McCaffrey. Like he's screaming from the corner of a dusty OTB in in New York. I'll give you one, give him something like that.
0: What's an OTB?
2: Off track betting. Oh, uh, the
0: Giants just seems like that's where these days expected to pursue Mitchell Trubisky, and apparently it could be an open quarterback competition. I don't know if this was off the air or on the air, but I was like, "No way." Well, we'll see about that.
2: And it's like people have forgotten what Mitchell Trubisky was like in Chicago.
3: That's what I'm saying. Uh, the Giants haven't. They they've seen him for the last three years.
2: <laughs> uh, sure, Brian Dable knows that he can run the offense. It was a Daniel um, Jones joke. Fourteen hundred, Exactly
3: 1,400 votes in the poll from two days ago. Mm-hmm. 48% of the respondents said Mitchell Trubisky is the better NFL quarterback. 38% said Daniel Jones. 14% chose C results so they didn't have to pick either.
0: If Daniel Jones took a year off from quarterbacking and then we compared him to someone really bad, he would win.
3: Yeah, you, know, you know what I mean? Well 100%. But, like I, I think it's fair that there is they're basically the same guy statistically as passers. Um, but Trubisky is slightly better in basically every category. So there's no argument that Jones is better than Trubisky. You can make an argument that Trubisky might be slightly better than Jones.
2: Um, there's nothing better than having one bad quarterback than having two bad quarterbacks yeah. and letting them Compete and rotate in and out of the lineup.
0: That's the problem uh, with it. If they sign him, then there's no leash. There was also a report,
3: though, that the Saints could be interested in Daniel Jones. Oh, really? So um, maybe there's a a way that they could send Daniel Jones to the Saints and send him a fourth-round pick, and they'd agree to pay the rest of his contract? I don't know.
2: Could be.
0: He's only got... One year left,
3: so he'll be a free agent, I think, after this year.
2: I'd like to see Jones play with a better offensive line and in a more aggressive offense. We should
0: talk about that, just not even about Daniel Jones, but the offensive line is, I think, the biggest excuse given to Daniel Jones, and it is terrible. But just keep in mind, two years ago, the Chargers had the worst offensive line in football, and Justin Herbert had the best rookie season ever, basically. And last sure. year, the Bengals didn't have the worst offensive line in football. But, but it was bad. I think it was right. bottom five, according to PFF, in pass, pass blocking. So, yeah, it matters to a degree. But also, that interception he threw against, was it the Chiefs on Monday Night Football? It's oh, <laughs> one yeah. of the worst plays I've ever seen in
4: my life.
2: Yeah. So it's not just the offensive line. I think that's pretty No, funny. no, no. I'm not saying it is. I don't think Daniel Jones has a lot of redeemable qualities. Just said it, he might have a couple of good games. He might be even serviceable if he didn't have a – because I just think he's too jittery behind the line. A lot of quarterbacks yeah. are like
0: that. He's that – that when you play golf, and I don't do that anymore, but you hit like, one out of every ten strokes is just – is amazing. Keeps you coming back. To, oh, I could do that. Mm-hmm. That's Daniel Jones. It gives you these glimpses. Then <laughs> the other nine, you know, you're in the sand. All right, anyway yeah. –
3: Cleveland has so like you hit a 350 yard drive and the ball's rolling and rolling and you think it's gonna go in the hole and then it falls down into the bunker.
0: Right. That is yeah. that's why I don't golf anymore. I got so frustrated with that. <laughs> 350 yard drives that in the bunker. Right, Cleveland has had Derek Carr <laughs> on its radar, according to the Cleveland Plain dealer. Let's see where Derek Carr ends up. The Tennessee Titans signed linebacker Harold Landry to a five year extension, 87.5 million dollars. The Lions signed Josh Reynolds to a two year deal. Any fantasy relevance there? Really happy
2: for him. Yeah, me
0: too. Not yet. Maybe one of your last
2: picks in a best ball.
0: Pittsburgh is not interested in signing Deshaun Watson, according to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and he actually has a court date on Friday. So we might know a little bit more about his dynasty value, his 2022 value, fairly soon.
3: Who tweeted yesterday that if the court date goes well, Deshaun Watson will be a stealer shortly after? Because that was also out on Twitter yesterday.
0: Huh. Well, I will. Uh,
3: I will get ready I'm for, a, for it for um, a Saturday. Do you have anything on the bonus pod?
2: Vikings selling everybody. I've seen some of that. No, I didn't have it. Like that. that they want to get, they want to do the rebuild thing and get cousins off the books.
3: Dalvin was on the list too.
2: Which bunch it, of defensive players as well?
3: Um, it was the real Sean King. Mm. Oh, for the Watson Steelers. If uh, hearing if things go well Friday to Sean Watson to the Steelers is happening soon after hmm wow I don't know if I buy
2: into
0: that okay let's see what happens there's some more news that doesn't really matter so let's go to our emails fantasy at CBSI.com. I mean nobody cares uh this is uh, some dynasty questions here this one is from Niall Nial. Neall sorry I don't know and I do that every time and I always forget and I'm very sorry 14 team. 20-man, PPR Dynasty League, three receivers, two flex, one QB. I have the first and the fourth overall picks in the rookie draft. I will not pick again after that until 3.6. I also have the 2023 first-round pick of the absolute worst team in the league, and that is my only rookie pick next year. So, okay, he doesn't have a lot of picks, but he does have one and four in round one this year and presumably a very high first-round pick next year and a third-round pick this year. He gives his roster, and he says, should I just keep one and four and take the best running back and wide receiver with those picks? Should I try to trade them for running back? What do you think? I have an offer of Brandon Ayuk and
2: 10 overall for number four. No. Nope. no. Do not do that.
0: All right, so looking Uh, at his running backs. The summary on his team
2: is that his receivers are pretty good. Uh, His running backs, he's got Antonio Gibson and then, like, nothing. Yeah. Nothing great. Um, so, I'm 100%, as of right
3: now, taking Brees Hall and whichever of the top three wide receivers falls
2: to four. Would you consider a second running back at four? Is there another one that's good enough that'll be there at four?
3: Is if Spiller, Spiller maybe? goes in the second round to a good landing spot, then Yes but otherwise it would probably be Garrett Wilson or Drake London or
0: whoever wide receiver
3: three ends up being. Or a trade.
0: And I don't know if you feel so strongly about Brees Hall, but I I assume that if Isaiah Spiller ends up in a much better destination, that you'd be cool taking him one overall. Did you say (sighs) that or no?
3: I felt that way, and I have let the combine impact me just a little bit because Brees Hall tested better than I expected and I already liked him as a player. So I've kind of gone a little bit further in the Brees Hall is 101. But yes, if Brees Hall fell to the third round, um, then yes, it wouldn't be him at 101. But if he goes in the second to a team that has 250 touches available, it's Brees Hall for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, let's go to this one from Michael. Hey, Liam, Carl, Ian, and Lip.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah it's a good one. Shameless. It's very good. Yeah. Very good. What is it, Dave?
0: Oh, I have no idea. I just said it, but yeah. It's, oh, okay. It's shameless. Yes. By the way, oh. I crushed the Wordle today. I got it on my third guess. And uh, 12... I got team- it on my second. No, you did not. I did. You bastard. 12-team <laughs> standard FFPC Dynasty League. I gave up a 2023 second-round pick, and I got James Conner. I also was offered... Kadarius Tony for my 2023 first round pick.
2: Nope. No.
0: What about the Connor one? 2023 second round pick for Connor.
2: Totally fine with it. You're buying a running back for the next year to two years for a second round pick. Hopefully, your team doesn't stink in 2022, so that that pick isn't too early in the second round of
3: 2023. I want to. I want to apologize. I shouldn't have said that. I got it in two. It's true. I did. But I just, I'm a little bit irritable about Wordle every time you bring it up, mm-hmm. because I missed one one day. <laughs> and I'm at 90. Oh, no. And Adam cheated. Yeah. So that he still oh. shows 100%. And it, every time I think about the fact that Adam's at 100% and I'm not because he cheated, it makes me a little bit angry.
0: Now, how many letters did you have after your first guess?
3: I start with rays, so that kind of helps. Same word uh, every day. yeah, yeah. yeah. I start with store. Yeah, you didn't have quite the... I had a pretty good advantage.
2: I change my word every day. I don't know if that...
3: Yeah. um, I always
2: try and pick a word that might actually be their word. So having a word like store, like how often is it a basic word like that? Rarely. How often do you get it on the first gift? I usually
0: start with rupee. (laughs) I usually start with rupee, but that one day I I
4: decided... (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right, this is from Mark. How do I not know this? Dear Billy, Doc, Dick, and Chavez. It's so baseball-y, isn't it? Billy, Doc, Dick, and Chavez. Well, I'm in a dynasty league. I have no true number one receiver. It's a three-receiver, super flex league, tight end premium with two flex spots. I have some guys that could develop into number one. Should I stand Pat or try to trade for a true number one? He has... DJ Moore, Gabriel Davis, Tyler Boyd, Crowder, Tim Patrick, Rondell Moore, K.J. Osborne, Zay Jones, James Washington, and Amari Rogers.
2: Do not think you have multiple players that could develop into a number one, personally, but... And I don't know if he's got many combinations of players that he could trade for a true number one. Like, the best case is trading off Moore and Gabe Davis and seeing what you can get for those two together. But I don't know. It would have to be a really good number one receiver. For me to part with both of those guys, I wonder if now's the time to try and move on from Tim Patrick, because there's just so much excitement about the Broncos.
0: Yeah, DJ Moore and someone for a true number one. Would you guys do that?
3: It'd have to be yes. You know.
0: Would you do that for? Uh, I mean, DK. I, I I don't think you can right now, right? Would you do that for A.J. Brown? More in any of these guys for A.J. Brown?
2: I'd probably do more in Gabe for A.J. Brown. I, I would try and make it Patrick instead of Gabe, but yeah.
0: Dave, I'm a little upset you didn't get the intro. I've never seen the movie, but I feel like you have. Billy, Doc, Dick, and Chavez. Scott no. Fish knows. Young Guns. Young Guns. Never seen it. Really? That's um, Didn't Bon Jovi do the soundtrack to that? Oh, yeah. Blaze of Glory. I don't know yeah. if it's... Did he do the whole soundtrack? Blaze of Glory is an awesome song. And I know it's from the Young Guns soundtrack, but... Scott Fish, can you let me know before I sign <laughs> off here? Let me know in the chat. Uh, that's Heath and Dave. I want to thank Jake Seely at All In Kid. And thank you to all of you for watching and listening. And looking forward to many, many Mike Williams debates. And a bonus pod on Deshaun. We'll have a bonus pod, I'm assuming, some point this weekend. So thanks again, everybody. Have a great weekend if we don't talk to you before Monday. Big week of football coming up. Big week of fantasy football coming up. And
1: we will check you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.